Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hello, Sarah. So good to see you. So good to see you. We don't see each other enough these days. I know, but I'm going to get my knee fixed and you're going to start walking with me occasionally. I am because, you know, I enjoy walking. And guess what I found? Oh, $100 bill. What did you find? (laughs) No, I found uh, two separate dimes and then two pennies together. Ooh. And then the other day, because, you know, we got to talk found change that Mm -hmm. you're here. So uh, the other day on my walk, I saw a glint of what I knew to be a dime from a distance but I didn't have to speed up because you weren't there to fight me for it. <laughs> so, but I could see that there was other change around. So as I got closer to it, I saw indeed it was a dime and then uh, two pennies. And then in the spirit of you, I looked under the car that it was next mm-hmm. to and there was a penny. And then a little Molly voice in my head said, look a little further, Sarah. <laughs> and sure enough, deeper under the car was a quarter. Um, oh my gosh, so, that's yeah, a big one. Had to do like a modified bear crawl stance so that it because it really hurt to kneel on the ground. Uh-huh. Um, and got that quarter and and gosh, ended up finding I think oh another dime and two more pennies. Over. Well, see, you had all those pairs, so that that symbolism that we're going to be walking together again soon. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, today I got two dimes and two pennies. I, I, I like know. it. That's what and it that's is. That's my riches because dimes me are you know yes. a harbinger of good. And fortune. you found two of them, so there yes. you go. Yeah, yes, I like your, your you days think. are numbered, Sarah. <laughs> Pretty like soon I'm going to be out there. And <laughs> like then I found that quarter when we went to get. Um, Oh yeah, Asaibles. Yeah, yeah that was a and nice it was find. like a berry quarter, like uh-huh. you know, six cents finding that quarter, <laughs> just a little scrap of that yes. thing sticking out. And there I had it. Well done, well yes. done. Oh my gosh! Well, I uh, made a new friend at the pond yesterday. You did at our beloved Kleinline Pond, where there were very few people there yesterday. Not the sturgeon. I did not make friends with a sturgeon, although there are times that out of the corner of my eye, I think I see this massive sturgeon with its mouth full of teeth coming toward me. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's your imagination at work, Sarah. Let it go. They're mostly bottom dwellers. <laughs> we, we should be okay. Yes, given that the pond's like 19 or 20 feet deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so I had finished up my swim, but I still was in the water, like just about to stand up. And, and I saw this woman taking photographs. Mm-hmm. And so being, you know, East Coast me, I yelled out and I'm like, hi, is there any chance you could take some pictures of me swimming on a really <laughs> popular blog and social media? Like I thought, okay, I don't need to give like the whole summary of what another mother runner is. Uh-huh. And so she was most happy to do it. Mm-hmm. She had some good ideas. She was really nice. So I swam back and forth a couple times. And then there's that water feature that kids, yeah. you know, play splash thing. pad. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So she wanted to. She had hoped that there would be some children there that she could take pictures of. Because get this, she is taking a photography class, and the homework assignment this week was water. Oh well, perfect. I know, I yeah. know. So, so then, so I mean, you know, in essence, my um, 
you know, the photos she took of me, she could use for her homework mm-hmm. assignment. And then she asked me in return if I could stand in under some of the splash pad features because there are no children. So you, there. you did your uh, splash dance, flash dance, also a flash dance, splash, splash dance. dance. Did oh you get God. the chair out? You are fabulous. <laughs> That's the picture I want to see. That is so funny because one of the ones is that a bucket fills up yeah. know, incrementally and then ultimately, you know, dumps itself down on you. So I missed it once I was standing in the wrong place and then standing in the wrong place again. And then it totally dumped on me. She's like, I missed that shot. Do it again. <laughs> you got to get an OnlyFans account too. <laughs> it's going to be a very And so anyway, so she's so nice and she took my info and she, emailed me the photos and um oh and she was like oh and if they didn't turn out like you want i'm happy to meet you there anytime oh my gosh all this stuff and and so anyway so dimity was really happy with the pictures i um shared them with some of my colleagues and she was like keep that woman's number because we might use her again and then as a side note in the back of my head there was this that amanda loudon my another Mm -hmm. occasional co-host she is writing about open water swimming for the washington post the article is going to run sometime this month and she interviewed me for it she told me oh they might want photos well how excited would this woman be if one of her pictures although i have to say that a fair number of people it seems i've mentioned the washington post to somebody else in up in washington state Mm -hmm. and they get a like look on their face that says, I've never heard of that regional newspaper. Oh, thinking, yeah. No, 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 no. The Washington Post. Yeah. Like, Watergate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I think that I haven't told the woman yet. Or, and get this, her name is Shay. Um, oh, my gosh. Spelled, it. Yeah, yeah. Although spelled S-H-A-E. So I haven't told Shay yet whether... Um, you know, that's a possibility. But I sent one of the pictures to Amanda. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. Great. So I'm really excited. Yeah, and it was just fun. It was a nice connection. Of course, she knows... Some people that we know, um, of, I looked her up on Facebook. So small world, super nice. She lives in Washington. She does. And she could, she's like, you drive up here from Portland? I'm like thinking, okay. It's 20 it's, minutes. It's a 20 minute mm-hmm. drive. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have a pond that is magic like this one. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we have four guests today. So we got to jump into this topic. So just in time for back to school, we're talking with four teachers about their workout routines and how they fit in runs on their schedule. I like giving a glimpse of how other gals fit stuff in. So hoping we can all learn some hacks and wisdom from them. Mm-hmm. Molly, you and I will talk with the first of our four teachers after this brief sponsor break. Stay tuned. Our first guest is Susan Nally from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Susan teaches French to sixth, seventh and eighth graders. A runner and a triathlete with two daughters, ages three and five. Um, I think I should say bienvenue, Susan. Yes, maybe. Merci. <laughs> okay, there I've expended my yeah. high school French. Done. And I was going to say bonjour because that's, that's, bonjour. All, that's yes. all I know. That's all I know. You both sound great. Oh, well. Merci, merci. Yeah. Not, not mistaken for a native speaker very often. No, not, don't know any. Um, so tell us, Susan, how did you become a runner and a triathlete? Uh, well, it was actually when I started teaching. So I've, I was always in high school active in team sports and stuff, but when I started teaching, I was 23 and it was my first, you know, my real job, I was adulting Mm -hmm. and I realized (laughs) that I needed to be, I kind of realized pretty quickly, I need to be intentional about my fitness and being active. It wasn't just going to happen by playing on teams and stuff. And I had always loved swimming 
and knew how to bike and knew how to run. So I figured I would uh, get into triathlons, um, which was very fun. But actually, since I've had kids, I've really only been running. Um, Mm. I just don't have time right now for triathlon. It takes so much time to train for three sports. So for the last few years, running has really been my number one, my big love. Mm -hmm. And what's your work schedule like? So I am very lucky. Um, after my daughters were born, I went back to work part time. Um, so I generally have about one day off during the week, but then the rest of the time I'm in school. Um, and at school, we have it's like an eight day tumbling schedule. So every day is different for us. So I can't rely on like, you know, I always know on Mondays, I have this time free. And on Thursdays, I have this time free. Every week is different. Mm. Mm. That messes with you just a little. Yeah, but it does make me be, um, I find I'm much better at if I've planned out a time for a run, I will go at that time. I never postpone. I -hmm. never put it off till later because I know, you know, if I see I have a gap in my schedule for an hour to go for a run, if I don't go for a run during that time, it will not happen. Um, So I find actually since having kids and stuff, I'm much more consistent um, and even more consistent during the school year than when I'm on summer holidays, I find. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. interesting. It's the benefit of being busy. Yeah. <laughs> so Susan, what's a typical week of workouts like for you? And are you currently training for a race? Yeah. So I, for me, running five days a week is kind of what works best for me. So I always run on Saturday and Sunday. So that's two days. Um, And on Saturdays, I actually, I have a running group that I lead on Saturday mornings. So I always run Saturday morning with them. I usually get a long run in on Sunday. And then that makes for three days during the week that I try to go for a run. Mm -hmm. I do one very early 5.30 a.m. run um, on Wednesdays with a trail running group, actually. Oh. So on Wednesdays, my alarm goes off at four fifty, so that I can meet that group at five 30 and go for a run. And then I have to fit in two other runs kind of in my work day somewhere at some point during the week. And generally I'm able to make that happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you said that you do have one day where you don't have to work, go to work. Yes. And it's different every week. And some weeks <laughs> it's no day. Like some days, some weeks I work all five days and mm-hmm. then the next week I might have two days off. So mm-hmm. I kind of like it, how different it is every week, but mm-hmm. yeah, it really means like every Sunday night kind of, I have to sit down and map out for the week where I'm going to be able to fit my runs in. Mm-hmm. So you're that intentional about it. I, yeah, I found I've really had to be, um, with two kids as young as mine are three Mm -hmm. and five, my husband works full time, but so far it's really working for me. Like I really thrive on that routine. And like I said before, when I, you know, if I, I know that if I've planned to work out for a certain time, I have to get it done at that time. And that really works for me having to be that kind of strict about it. And now you've got the start of the school year, the end of your summer, laziness. You got to buckle down. Yes. I have 10 days left. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually on holidays right now. I'm on, a, I'm not even in Ottawa right now. I'm in Halifax mm. in, in Atlantic Canada on holidays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I am looking forward to it. Like I said, I find mm-hmm. in the summer, you know, my kids are home. We're off around the place. I haven't run super consistently the last few weeks. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to getting back. I mean, obviously being on holidays is great. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I'm looking forward to getting back into my routine because I'll be running much more consistently. And Sarah, you had asked if I'm training for a, for a race. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to do a, trying to decide between 20 and 30 K 
trail race at the end of October. So I'll need to start ramping up um, my long runs if I'm going to survive that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's a lot. As you know, Susan, to, to find our guest for this episode, we asked educators on our Facebook page to fill out a Google form and we got 185 responses. I was blown away. Yet you were one of the few who said that she sometimes runs during the workday. And this comment that you wrote cemented you as a, as a guest. You wrote, my students are used to a red-faced madame from time to time when I have wrapped up a, t- a run 10 minutes before class. I'm a pro at the speedy sponge bath in the staff washroom. <laughs> so, so can you talk about being flexible for when you fit in your runs like that? So as you read out my answers, I'm really thinking to myself now, I hope none of my students listen to this podcast (laughs) as you talk about me taking sponge baths in the bathroom. Um, But yeah, so I'm very lucky in my school, we have a beautiful fitness center. And so my prep periods, which are most, I mean, all teachers have one or two prep periods during the day, which is time to, we'll do whatever you need to do. Lots Mm -hmm. of teachers mark or prepare their lessons. Um, But I will sometimes, if I'm like super organized, I know I have everything ready to go for the rest of the day. I will go to the fitness center and I run on a treadmill in front of this gigantic clock. And I know down to the minute when I have to stop running and I will run until like literally the last second. Mm -hmm. And then I grab my stuff. I run to the staff washroom and yeah, I quickly change. A colleague of mine, uh, she told me about this and I've started doing it is kind of showering and washing my hair before school. Mm-hmm. And then often my hair is still kind of damp after my workout. And mm-hmm. so I can just throw in a quick braid and run to class, literally run to class. But yeah, like you said, the kids, they know I run, they love talking to me about it. Oh. And I think it's kind of, I think they think it's kind of cool that I've just run like seven or eight kilometers before I come and, and teach them. So they're used to me with my big Nalgene of water as we conjugate irregular verbs together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Susan on the Google form you also wrote that a run often gets cut short because something comes up at school so so how do you get okay with your workouts being quote-unquote dictated by something outside of your control yeah I think any teacher who's listening to this will understand when I say that teaching in the classroom for a lot of us is sometimes a pretty small part of our job. We do like I'm on committees and I'm in meetings, I'm helping with interviews, I'm doing all sorts of other things in the school aside from just teaching in the classroom. Uh And so, yeah, I've just had to, I remember actually before I had kids and was as busy as I am now, if I had, let's say, planned to run 10K and the time got cut short, I would say, well, if I don't have time for NK, I'm not running at all. Like I'll try to do it later. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just not a luxury anymore. You know, if this Mm -hmm. say hour that I had free has suddenly become 40 minutes. Well, I know that an hour is not about to free itself up later in my day. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. I will just change the workout instead of doing something kind of a longer, easy run. I might do a short, hard, you know, do sprints on the treadmill or something like that that um, just to still get a really good workout in, try to accomplish something or work on my fitness or strength in some way. And you just kind of have to be okay with it. It's that or nothing, right? So mm-hmm. a very important part of uh, being a teacher is flexibility. And that I think translates to all parts of your life, including running. Oh, that's good. 
So I hear you've sometimes led a triathlon club with your students, and I'm assuming it's not to eat a croissant, conjugate a verb, and use a bidet. <laughs> Probably something a little different. Uh, what's in, what is involved, and what's a standout memory? Yeah, so for for us, so the triathlon club that I run, we prepare for a race in Ottawa called the Early Bird. And it happens at the end of May. And the reason I can do it with 12 and 13 year olds is that the pool, the swim takes place in a swimming pool. So the kids train for a try a try, um, which is it's only a hundred meter swim, uh, an 11 K bike and a two K run. And yeah. And so obviously with younger students like that, I would never start open water swimming in a lake, Uh (laughs) Yeah, but the short swim is so perfect. And so also because of our long winters, you know, the race is at the end of May, we can only really get on our bikes for like four weeks before that. So what I do with the kids, I just practice transitions. Um, We talk about what you need to have ready for race day, Mm -hmm. but the distances are so short that it's not like I'm trying to build up their fitness or, or anything like that. It's Uh just to kind of help them feel prepared for the day of the race. I bet they love that. They love it. That's so awesome. And they all do a triathlon then or no? Like ultimately, so they do, yeah. So the kids who have decided it's an after-school club, so the kids oh, who decide okay. to do the club, I've asked their parents to sign them up for this race, and I meet them there on race day, mm. and um, it's really, really cool. Oh, yeah, that is so nice. So, as you sort of indicated before, you know, <laughs> teaching is so much more than just being in the classroom and and teaching vocabulary and things like that. So, um, it it also seems like a job without set boundaries. There's lesson planning, grading, and you know, it seems like a lot of it doesn't get done during the school hours or during Absolutely. work hours. So what's your biggest challenge juggling your job, family life, and taking care of yourself? Oh, my biggest challenge. Um, I think it's just often feeling like I'm not being successful at anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's kind of just feeling like I'm not doing enough in any part of my life. You know, you mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I should be spending more time teaching or working on my teaching, but I should also be spending more time with my kids, but I should also be spending more time in my running and I should also have a tidier house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think it's just giving myself grace. I think that's something I'm pretty good at. My husband is, I have a very supportive partner and he's, he's very good at telling me like, it's fine. The house is tidy enough you're running enough, you're spending enough time with the kids, you know, like he's very good at kind of helping me uh, feel okay with what I'm able to get done. And at the end of the day, I know that running makes me a better teacher. It makes me a better mom. It makes me a better partner Mm -hmm. to my husband. And so if things occasionally feel chaotic, that's okay. Because I know that if I was to give up running, for example, or, you know, cut way back to kind of feel a bit more organized, I don't think that I would feel any better about certain things. So yeah, I think it's just kind of giving myself grace with those things. Oh, fabulous. Final good, good answer, words Susan. to live by. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck in whatever distance you choose for that trail race this fall. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to talk to you guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Our next teacher is Michelle Meese, a fifth grade teacher just outside of Appleton, Wisconsin. Michelle has been a teacher for more than a decade. She's also the mom of a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Well, hello, Michelle. Tell us about your running background. Um, so uh, I would call myself a not a runner. 
That's like not uh, a runner. <laughs> Growing up, my actually my dad made fun of me every I played softball. And anytime there was any running the bases or anything, I got teased for my running form. And um, I basically hated running for a large part of my life. Mm-hmm. And then um, after I had my daughter, I had a lot of complications during the labor and I was um, in ICU and mm-hmm. all of that. So I started running a little bit and just to kind of show my body that I could do hard things. Mm-hmm. And then, um, after my son, so he's five, that's when I really would call myself. That's when I became a runner. I really enjoyed running. I looked forward to my runs, not every run, of course, but most of them, mm-hmm. um, it got me out of, I think some postpartum depression that I was having. I joined, um, my local moms run this town mm-hmm. and we have a very active chapter and I love all of them. And so mm-hmm. they really helped motivate me. And I've been consistently pretty consistently running for the last five years. Oh, great. great. So when does school start for you in Wisconsin? Official start date is September 1st, but we've been doing a little summer school class with the fifth graders. So I actually just got done teaching. Oh, okay. So what changes is that bringing to your workout schedule? Currently, none, because I have made it my goal not to let it. Mm. In previous summers, I've been able to take my kids to Kids Corner, like drop-off care at the Y, and then Mm -hmm. I would run while they were there. And this summer, my daughter aged out, which was quite a shock. So so I've been continuing to wake up early in the morning, 5 a.m.-ish. My neighbor and I meet and we go for runs. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to be consistent with that as of right now, but we'll see what September brings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like you have a little bit of flexibility during the school year that sometimes you do those early morning runs with that neighbor you mentioned, and then other days you go solo after school. It's kind of evolved as when I, when I first started running, like when I would consider myself a runner was when, after my son was born on maternity leave, I started going pretty regularly. And then my goal at that point was not to let teaching take that away from me because mm-hmm. it in the past very easily had. So I, then I started running with a coworker actually after school. And as long as I like got done teaching, let the kids go and got changed and went right away, that worked for me. Now my kids are getting older and they're in a lot more after school activities. And so I don't have that the time after school as often. And so now I've transitioned a lot to that morning, early morning running. Mm Mm-hmm. On your Google forum uh, to find guests, you impressed Sarah with your comment, teaching is emotionally and physically exhausting. And to add to that parenting and you spend at least 13 hours a day with someone who needs you. That is a lot on your energy. Can you talk about how that impacts your motivation? Yeah, it's, I, it's exhausting. I think Mm -hmm. there's that quote about teaching that you'll see floating around that a good teacher is like a candle. It consumes itself to light the way for others. Mm -hmm. And there was a time in my life where that quote was fully who I was as a teacher. And I thought that's what you needed to do to be a good teacher. And I have discovered that that's actually a really good way to literally burn yourself out. Mm -hmm. So when I think about that quote and how things consume me, it's very easy to get into that routine of just going home and being like, I can't talk to another person. I can't do another thing. I have like no more decisions can be made today. I am like not a morning person in any part of my being, but (laughs) um, the whole is morning runs 
really are the game changer because it's not a decision. I lay out my clothes mm-hmm. the night before. I don't want to go. I usually check to see if my neighbor canceled and secretly hope mm-hmm. she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, but that really is where I found the best time for me to stay in a consistent routine and do that one thing for me and just for me. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So talk about being on your feet all day. That's got to be a lot. I'm a veterinarian and getting up and down is just, oh, I'm so exhausted by the end of the day. I think like physically I get a lot of steps in a day. Mm -hmm. So running at the end of the day was tricky, but it also helped me process the things that happened through the day. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I miss that little bit of a breather after Mm -hmm. school with an after school run. Mm -hmm. I think I've gotten so used to being on my feet all day because I've been teaching for so long that I, I almost get more tired when I'm not moving throughout oh, the day than when I am sitting. Mm-hmm. That's good. Just keep telling yourself that. That, yeah. that works. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Actually, a nap is kind of nice. <laughs> yes, I'd say so. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with, with fifth graders, you don't have to get down on the carpet much, I imagine. I don't. My kids do get, I do let my students move throughout the classroom. So I will be on the floor with some of them sometimes, but it's not, not a kindergarten level situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be tricky for me, that getting up and down. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I have a dog that won't get up on the table. And so I'm trying to look at their ears or something while they're on the ground. And then they start getting lower and lower and lower. I'm like, okay, these knees only go so far. <laughs> it's <gonna> work. <laughs> I, actually, I actually use like being able to stand up as a um, an indicator of how in shape I am. Like, can I stand up straight from the floor without grabbing onto anything? Oh, no, <laughs> doubt. no doubt. No oh, doubt. Because my knee hurts, I have to get in plank position and then like scoot my feet up it's a whole like ballet to get up and down anyway yes (laughs) oh my god don't get old (laughs) so how did you and your neighbors start running together molly and i connected through carpool to our kids elementary school and having her as a running partner for numerous years unfortunately not now made all the difference in the world to me when we first moved to this area, the house I'm in, we've been in for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed this, this is probably sounds creepy, but I noticed her outside exercising on her patio while her kids played. And I was like, Oh, she needs to be my friend. <laughs> and it. then, uh, so we slowly like kind of started, our kids are the same age. So they started playing together. And then I was like, do you ever run? And she was like, I haven't run for years. I don't know. And I was like, okay, maybe. And she is an early morning person. So that was kind of my compromise. She would run, but we would do it in the morning. UHK <laughs> <laughs> yes. or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which worked out really well for me because it definitely uh, changed the game for my consistency. But that's kind of how we started just a little bit. It's almost like asking somebody out on a first date. Like, oh, um, sure so is. do you do you run? Like, uh, do you want to run? What's your pace? You want to run together? Yeah. You have to summon the courage, but (laughs) it's so so worth it, right? It is. Mm -hmm. Makes it go so much faster and gives you that motivation to get up. It does. That's nice. So you took a break from teaching and running entered into how you worked with kids with your job as a behavior interventionist. I got my master's degree when my son was born. I was in the process of getting my master's degree at that time. Then I took a semester off to have my son, um, had him. I continued my master's classes and was teaching full-time, but at my master's in school counseling. And then that lent itself really well with my teaching background to being a behavior interventionist, where I worked with 
kids ages like kindergarten through fifth grade. And I worked with teachers on classroom management and ways to help those kids stay in the classroom and mm-hmm. and just, yeah, kind of met those kids where they were at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I bet you've been Family. busy since COVID. I, yeah, I was going to say, so I did that right in the height of COVID. Oh, boy. So yeah. I did a lot of work with families at that time, as opposed to teachers, just because there were so many families doing that schooling at home. And it was like a incredible shock for people. Mm-hmm. So I worked a lot, did a lot of Zoom meetings with families and setting up things and routines and, and helping them in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But on that Google form, you said something about like that you would run next to the kids. Um, yeah. So talk about that a bit. Yeah. So that fight or flight uh, response kicked in sometimes. And um, my little friends would just bolt out of the building. Oh, boy. And uh, mm. Yeah, I always, I was, I always volunteered to be the one to go for the run. So you know, there's like five adults that immediately will will go with them, and then I was usually the one that would pull up next to them with my feet, and we would run. And I, I just know how good it feels to run when you can't think through anything else. Like when you can't process anything more and you just run. And when a kid gets to that point, I knew that that's all that they really needed to do was run. And so usually when I caught up with them, I would just ask them how far they were planning on going that day. (laughs) And then I would just be like, you know, that's cool. I got like 10 miles in me. I'm like training. This is (laughs) totally fine. You do you. And as long as there wasn't a safety issue, we would run. But as soon as I told them that like I could go like 10 miles, that was usually a uh, like stopping point for them like okay <laughs> i'm not getting out of this one so so then we would stop and we'd usually sit and process and walk back to the school building and so having that physical activity in my life like the exercise and running gave me a lot of confidence in those situations that i could run with them mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and carry out a conversation and yeah yeah mm-hmm. so two follow-up questions spring to mind one did you then always dress you know, did you always wear a sports bra and running shoes or like, are we talking, you know, you're in like a, a pencil skirt and, you know, um, some, some two inch heels. Um, I would never wear heels, but I would wear, you know, I would definitely be running down the road in my dress and my boots and, um, uh-huh. but I, I wore heels to teach one time and I literally walked in the school building and rolled my ankles like never oh, shit, again. Shit, shit. Um, uh, so and what was the furthest you did ever have to accompany a, a, a runner, a dasher out the door? Um, I would, I'm trying to think. There's been more than one. Mm. Probably I would say, oh, actually one friend went, he went home. He was convinced he was going home and he was out of area. So we were probably about three miles away. Oh my um, gosh. He ran and three my, miles? Yeah. And then my principal like pulled up and she kind of in her car just drove behind us a little bit as we, we just went, he was definitely going home and I tried to talk him out of it as we were going, but that was his plan was to run home. And I was in sandals and a dress that day. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. It's sort of like, I hate to say it, but you're sort of like the, the town dog catcher. Like you're like, (laughs) just have to keep running behind this. Yes. (laughs) This collie until it tires out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Stop and look for cars. Just like (laughs) what I would say as we were going like, okay, it's clear. And he, he was like, okay, it's clear. Like he, he would wait for the cars, but he was definitely going home. That was his only goal. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Wow. Sign that kid up for track. (laughs) (laughs) Got cross country coming up, kid. Yes. Yeah. I think I've also used my students, like when I PR'd my race, Mm -hmm. the best I have ever run. I went through every mile thinking of a different student who had, who was experiencing some struggles and it was, it made my run a lot easier in that way because I kept telling myself, no matter what this pain is, it's temporary. Whereas I know what they have to do. They get up every single day and show up in some awful situations and some terrible things that have happened to them and they are still there. Mm -hmm. And so I can push through this mile at this pace. And so that, that was probably my best, uh, my fastest run ever. Mm, That is so lovely. That is sweet. Wow. Wow. So do you ever feel like the schedule of a teacher keeps you from striving for any athletic goals? Like, do you think like, Oh, I'd really love to, I don't know, do the Eau Claire marathon, but that's in, you know, late April and I'm so busy grading papers, then it would just be too much. I do a little bit. Yes. Pretty much the month of September, I have learned to just give myself a lot of grace in terms of my running. Mm -hmm. So the Fox cities marathon, and I, I haven't run a marathon, but the Fox cities half marathon, it's a big event here in my area. And that happens in September, towards the end of September. And so when I have run that one, I usually will train really well in June, July, and August, Mm -hmm. and then take some rest weeks Mm -hmm. in September. Mm -hmm. I just give myself a lot of grace because it's hard starting. All your routines are different and my kids from place to place in a different way. Mm -hmm. So um, it definitely changes how I run when I go back to school and what I train for. But if there's something I really want to do, like I love the Twin Cities 10 mile in October. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do we. Mm-hmm. I keep pushing for that one. So even though I'll be like, instead of running four days a week, maybe I ran three days this week, but that's still okay. Cause that one day isn't going to, to kill me. So mm-hmm. lots of grace. Awesome. Awesome. Are you going to be at the 10 mile this year? I'm not. My sister lives in the cities and we will run that one together. And she is, she has a wedding. So she. Oh, cause we're going to be she, recording a podcast on that Saturday at the oh, uh, river center. Oh yeah. Oh, bummer. Bummer, bummer. All right. Maybe another year. Cause it's usually on our annual calendar. Well, yeah. Perfect. I love that one. Good, good, good. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, Michelle and good luck easing back into school. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Our third teacher is Jennifer Givens, a mother of boys who are 10 and 12. She and her family live in Catonsville, Maryland. Jen is a Title I resource teacher supporting grades K through 5 in math and reading. Jen has been a teacher for more than 16 years and a runner for about a decade. We're so glad you could join us, Jen. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, welcome, Jen. So tell us how you became a runner. Well, I wasn't a runner for a very long time. As you, as you can say, it's only been the last decade. I was an athlete as a kid, but running was always kind of a torturous thing that coaches did during softball. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I was into, but after I'm, I'm kind of an older mom, I'm 47 right now, but I had my second right around 36, um, which isn't really old, but at that point, that's still considered old if you're having a baby. I ended up on bed rest for 10 weeks mm-hmm. because there, I went into preterm labor at 28 weeks where I had been a pretty fit person. I was working out and, and stuff. I lost all muscle mass and gained 60 pounds. And at five, three and a half, that's a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, so my, initially I got into running 
just as a way, my husband and I did couch to 5K together um, after my son was born as a way to kind of get back to myself and regain the health. But later it was more, and now even more so, it's it's more of a meant for my mental game and my own um, self-care. Mm-hmm. And that really started to improve when I also, I'm also a, a chapter leader and then a member of Moms Run This Town. Nice. So that finding that in my community was what kind of pushed me to continue, even when it got a little tough as a mom. Mm-hmm. Nice. So how are you savoring your final days of summer? <laughs> <laughs> I love summer. You know, I, I know there are jokes about teachers just being 10-month employees. That's not really entirely true, but I do savor my summers. My boys are getting older. They're 10 and 12. My 12-year-old is definitely counting the days till he's 13. So we understand <laughs> those tween years are difficult and his are very, mm-hmm. but we call it mommy and me summer. And I dragged them away from screens two to three times a week and we just go mm. farms and parks, putt putt. We drove to Gettysburg this past week oh. and uh, went to Mr. Ed's Elephant Emporium and can- Elephant and Candy Emporium, like just crazy. So this is, we spend our summers kind of together, which is really nice that I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I am savoring that last week because this is it. This is the last week of mommy and me summer. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> what's, nice. what's your final trip? We actually, our Friday was our final trip. Both of my boys are in camp this week mm. in respective interests. So the final trip was out to Gettysburg. We made it a whole day. We we did the the candy shop and this elephant museum. We went to lunch at a farm table place. Went to a, We went to a farmer's market and we went to part of Gettysburg Battlefield. So we just yeah. filled it. <laughs> yeah. I love Gettysburg Battlefield. It's, it's fascinating. They do such mm-hmm. a good job laying that out and you really feel... The story evolving. Yeah, it's a cool place it's to visit. It's very nice. When you said I that, love I was like, oh, stuff. you're speaking Yeah, it's actually fairly close to me. It's like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Nice. We had a blog post yesterday written by someone, Michelle, who lives in Rhode Island. She's the mm-hmm. mom of three boys. And she had, did very much the same thing. To, uh, would take her, when her boys were younger, take them to all sorts of activities. And reading that and now listening to you talk, I'm like, Oh, I really failed my kids. Like we didn't do all that much stuff like that. So can we turn the clock back. <laughs> okay, Jim. So I asked you on as a guest because you get up super early to run, <laughs> particularly on Fridays. So I t- do. Tell, us, tell us about why and what those pre-dawn mornings are like for you. Um, you know, it kind of evolved and it just got earlier and earlier as the commitments for my kids getting to school got earlier and earlier. So generally, if I'm not running long, even during the school year, my alarm is set for 4am pretty regularly. Because my son's bus comes fairly early, he needs to be up and ready to go. So generally, I need to be done my workout by six, Mm -hmm. just to ensure that things run smoothly. Not that you know, at almost 13, he can't handle getting himself and ready. But again, it's just kind of that keeping keeping it rolling in the morning. And then I also have to drop my other son off at school still because we're too close for a bus and then get myself to my to my work day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of started as as me just being able to fit it in because it's it's my time. And it's the only way that I start my day that keeps I feel like keeps me sane. I get up at that hour because it guarantees that I'll be able to get it done and I won't be brutally tired at the end of the day and not get it done. Friday specifically, you know, two active boys, they're all soccer all the time. Um, the last six years of our lives have been 
have been <laughs> geared by by soccer. They play year round, indoor in the winter. And so, you know, we get a little bit of a break in the summer because there isn't anything offered. But as soon as September rolls around, we're back at it. And a lot of times we'll we'll be at the soccer field most of the day on Saturdays and sometimes Sundays, depending. So mm. Fridays, especially when I when I'm training for a longer race or when I was marathon training specifically a few years ago, I, I had to get up early. So long runs on Fridays became a thing. And I'm still doing that to some degree right now, but I'm not training for anything of real length. Um, and 345 is the the wake up call. Luckily, I have oh. a few crazy folks who are willing to join me. So I'm not usually by myself. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> my BRF is always or most always <laughs> willing to join me. Well, that's nice. So you would do a long run on a Friday, like you'd do a hour and a half run or something? I did. Yeah. yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. up at, uh, up at three forty-five out the door, hopefully by four fifteen, four thirty. 30. Um, it, it never exceeded like 12 or 13 miles, but that's still a long distance to do before yeah, heading to work. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Would you then head into the school, like and hear theme music, like playing in your head, like <laughs> slow-mo, like bom, 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 bom. And you're like, yeah, I've run 13 miles. What have you done today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think sometimes you just got to work it in the conversation. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Because if it's not out there, nobody knows. I'm like, right. nobody's going to believe I got up at 345 and then stood all day for the rest of the day. But that's what I do. Some days I go home with 40,000 steps. So, yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. And, and then what time do you fall into bed? <laughs> Later than I should. You know, even getting up at my normal four, nine is early for me, I'm generally closer to 9.30. I'm just kind of lucky that I can typically get by with six or six and a half hours without being angry. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, I mean, if, if I know I'm going to, if I can manage it, getting to bed earlier happens, but and my kids are old enough, they can put themselves to bed. But sometimes it's really hard to settle yourself when everybody else is still up in the house. And there's mm-hmm. that, that pool, that mom pool of feeling like, well, if everybody else is up, this is the time I have with my family. I need to stay up mm-hmm. and then couple that with some of the other expectations of teaching and the things that you do that you, I try not to bring home, but the things that you end up bringing home still need that attention. So it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Um, so sleep, sleep sometimes becomes what gets sacrificed on my end. Cause I, I, I'm not, I tend not to want to give up my runs. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, so Jen, I love learning new phrases and you taught me one on your Google form that I keep referencing when you wrote, there's a term in the education world, teacher tired. Teachers are always tired, but then consider teacher, mother, runner tired. And you got a whole new level of tired. Yeah. I mean, I know that sometimes during the workday, I'll like bite on the inside of my mouth a little bit to give myself a jolt. Like, how do you, how do you keep yourself alert and awake when you're in front of your class? Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's a good question. I had to even think about this. Um, the crazy thing about it is that on mornings where I say my body needs this, I sleep in and I don't get my exercise in, I feel more tired than if I get up early, get the endorphins going, exercise and exercise. So I actually see a difference when I don't. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are definitely times where I feel more tired and it's usually paired with times where I've got a lot going on and there's additional stress that's happening. Um, I will say that two o'clock is the hour that generally I feel the, the most tired. I, I have a late school, so my workday starts at nine and the kids don't leave until four. That means oh my, my, my duty day ends at 4.15. So two o'clock, I'll usually be ambling into my principal's 
office and going and she keeps a chocolate jar and that's and that's that's t- my typical 2 p.m pick me up is that piece of chocolate if i can get to 2 p.m and get that chocolate that's usually good i mean the other good thing last year was that i had i had um all my planning it was backloaded i had all my planning first so if i was feeling really tired i had like an hour or so to kind of get myself together before i went all day mm-hmm. so that worked for me last year but we'll see that remains to be seen for this one so in that hour at the start of the day, did you ever put your head down on your desk just to catch a couple Z's? Um, I'm a very like task oriented person. So I probably, I find it very hard to do that, but I will sit, like, I will definitely bring my coffee or something and sit for a few moments, checking, like not jump head first. Anybody knows me knows how a type I am. So, um, <laughs> Generally, I've not slept at the, at, at the school, though I, I probably there were definitely points where I felt like I could have. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do you plan your races to best mesh with your training and your work life? Oh, so I would say earlier on, I was definitely like, oh, I can't do that because I have X, Y, Z. You know, I can't do this September race because it's the beginning of school and mm-hmm. or blah, 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 or or I can't I don't want to train for this because that means training through this time and that's testing time at school. And to some degree, I still kind of follow that. And I do. I When I ran my one and only marathon Marine Corps in 2018, I chose that because I knew the majority of the training would be in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Two 20 mile runs in August was great, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but well, of course, you were doing it at four o'clock in the morning, so the sun yeah, was just I mean, coming up. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, there were definitely some really early morning runs, so mm-hmm. I, I have accommodated school by you know placing races where I felt like it'd best serve it. But that being said, like I have also learned that this is part of my self care, and I have. Like I'm a teacher who never takes off time for myself. Um, and I have over 800 hours of sick time. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and it, you know, that's accumulating. That's with two maternity leaves. So, wow. you know, as a 25, 24 year veteran. So I have more recently like allowed myself to say, I really want to do this Ragnar relay. So I, I will take a Friday off because I have three personal days and that'll be one of my personal days. And that's how I'm going to use it. And that's not a detriment. Like I don't see it as a detriment to my kids because the, I, I need to be in a good place as well. And I share, I share my adventures with them. So I'll come back with folks. They know where I'm not like just bailing out. I'm, they know where I'm going. I share it with them. Um, and they enjoy that. So Aww. I mean, I don't, I don't do it every month, but I do, I, I, I have, I have a Ragnar trail, New Jersey that I'm doing at the end of September, beginning of mm. October, and I'll be taking one day to travel there. And, but I also have a really supportive administration who is like, yeah, absolutely do these things that, yeah. you know, you, so that's good to have. Got to keep your tank full. I think post COVID yeah. we're all realizing we need to take more time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Don't you? That's yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you're not going to stay in the profession if you get burnt out. And nope. so many teachers have left. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you found your administration to be more supportive, as Molly was alluding to, that kind of the, the great flight of teachers? Or has it kind of been this supportive all the way across? I mean, I've just been really lucky to have very su- supportive administrators. And mm-hmm. I, my current school, I've been there. Um, this is my seventh year there. And they've always been very kind about needing to take time for family and yourself, especially during COVID when we were teaching virtually and, and then partially virtually. And then last year with all the, uh, all the, the crazy restrictions. And so, I mean, there was that, there has definitely been, I think 
they were even more considerate, but I've just been lucky to have mm. folks who, who value, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Nice. Everyone should have that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a uh, final question. You mentioned before we started recording that you had just come from a November project workout. Is yes. That, is that something you do during the school year or does that have to fall by the wayside? Yeah. Unfortunately, I've been meeting to join November Project for many summers and I finally got a chance and jumped in. I've been going all summer long. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to try to make it work. Even if there's a 530 and a 630 in my town, even the 530 is almost a little late for me to start, mm-hmm. um, given that I have like a 15 minute drive there and back. And But, but I, might, I may try it because it is... It, it's enjoyable, you know, when you're able to work out with a group of people and have fun. I mean, that's the same thing with, with She Runs This Town. You know, we have we have our camaraderie. It makes it a lot easier to get out and get it done. But yeah, I would like to continue it. I, it just it just might be one of those things that I do during breaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Nice snow will always be there. And it's not yeah. Kind of, yeah, something you have to fully commit to. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jen, great talking with you and have fun at that Trail Ragnar relay up in Jersey later. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and I had a great time. Good. Good. We did too. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Our final teacher runner is Joyce Phillips of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Joyce teaches studio art to high school students and she's the mother of three teenage girls. Thanks for being our guest, Joyce. Thank you for having me. So from that Google form I keep talking about, I am wowed by your running progression. So, I mean, wow. So share the details with everyone else. Sure. So, you know, I've been somebody that's kind of had an on-again, off-again relationship with running sort of throughout my life, never really running much more than a 5K. And like a lot of people during COVID, that's when I really kind of picked it up and there was not much else to do. And so with my daughters, I just started running. And I remember in the beginning, like August of 2020, I struggled to run three miles at, for me, what would be like a pretty slow pace. And I made the decision last summer to train for a marathon. And I ran the Atlantic City Marathon um, as my first marathon. And it's just been taking it from there. It's been great. Oh, come on. You you are being very modest at that at <laughs> Atlantic City Marathon. Come on. I'm on Toot Your Horn. At the okay. Atlantic City Marathon, you qualified for Boston. I did. Oh. I qualified on my on my first try. And what's funny is that that wasn't even really my goal. <laughs> I wanted to try to finish in under four hours. But I was really sort of private about that goal because I was worried that I wouldn't be able to do it. And I didn't want to feel like I went blabbing around that I wanted to run a sub four. And then (laughs) if I didn't do it, I didn't want people to like, you know, feel like, you know, notice that I didn't hit my goal. So I kind of kept it to myself. And I have a running friend that is also a teacher where um, I work. And on the Friday, the last Friday that we had school together before the marathon, he came to my classroom to kind of wish me well. And the two of us were standing by my computer and he said, do you happen to know what the qualifying time would be for someone, um, you know, your age and gender? And I said, no, but I'm, I'm listen, I'm going to be grateful if I run a sub four, like, let's not get crazy. So he said, why don't we just look it up for fun? So we did. And so I start running the race and I'm feeling really good. The weather was perfect. I feel like I really tried to nail it with my training and I just felt like during the race, I just kept running the numbers through my head. And I thought, (laughs) I'm going to hit a sub four, but I maybe could qualify. And that really kind of kept me going those last like, 
you know, everyone says the wall is at mile 20. And I would agree with that. I mean, that's when it, you really start to notice the fatigue. And part of what really kept me moving forward was me just doing the math. Like, <laughs> I, I think I can qualify. And so when I finished, I was so excited to have hit my goal, but I was even more excited to know that I qualified for Boston on my first try. So yeah, it was like one of the best days of my life. It was so awesome. Oh my gosh. I hope you like brought a coffee in for that colleague of yours who may. Yeah, Yeah, we do. We actually do spend a lot of time um, together and we, and we run together too. So Uh yeah, Uh I definitely, I definitely did that. Oh my gosh. Because otherwise you wouldn't have known to push yourself. That's amazing. Exactly. I mean, you you might have pushed yourself a little bit, but to have that goal and and that math to keep you going. Yeah, it it definitely got me going. So, yeah, I mean, everything aligned perfectly because, you know, when you wake up, you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know what the weather is going to be. There's so many things. And it was my first time. And in my training plan, I only ran up to 20 miles, which is typical. Mm -hmm. But because I had never run further than that before. Mm. Yeah, you don't know. And what was your time? I found I was 3.39 something. 3.30. Oh, my gosh. Well, you did make your goal, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, sure did. Yeah. Choice. So for my age and gender, a qualifying time is 3.50. So oh. I was pretty significantly under, um, which I was hoping would be enough to get me to Boston. Because, you know, they do add some yeah. Oh, yeah. buffer time to that. But yeah, I was pretty confident that I was going to get in with that time. So yeah, 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 I'd say 10 plus. I mean, that gets you to be able to register um, like earlier than the, the, the squeaker like me or like Tish Hamilton. So, <laughs> uh, so well done you, Joyce. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So when do you find time to fit in your workouts? Ah, that's a great question. So as a teacher being off in the summer, I have a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility, you know, to get out the door. So last summer was the first time that I went through a training cycle. Mm -hmm. And the only real sort of roadblock was sometimes the weather because it gets so hot and humid here in New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't get out early, it'd be really tough to do it in the middle of the day. So I would try to wake up and just get my run done. And it's so nice in the summer when I can really feel like my main priority is just running. Like that's my goal, my priority as I, you know, we just talked about how I qualified for Boston. So that ended up being my third marathon because five weeks after Atlantic city, I ran the Philadelphia marathon, which was in November because I really just wanted a little bit extra um, experience under my belt before I went to Boston. Mm-hmm. And that was ambitious because I ran two full marathons and two half marathons within five weeks. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't run as well in Philly. Um, my hamstrings were really bothering me. I made a lot of mistakes, which made me feel sad on that day, but also I learned a lot. So that was great because it was all, you know, information that I took with me to Boston. So Mm -hmm. running, you know, I started my Boston training in January during like Christmas break when I was off. Mm -hmm. And I will say that there was a notable difference between training in the summer as a teacher and training <laughs> during the school year for Boston. Mm-hmm. The The real issue is that my schedule was just so jam-packed because I was teaching, I was coaching, I was the JV lacrosse coach um, at the high school where I teach. I have three kids that all play sports and dance and have very busy schedules. And I was also trying to train for Boston. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, I do early cafeteria duty. So I have to be in the cafeteria at my post by 7 a.m. And classes start pretty quickly after that shift is over. So I try to get into my classroom by about 6.40 so that I can put my bags down, turn on my computer and get myself situated. So, I mean, realistically, if I wanted to be somebody that ran before work, I'd have to get out the door by probably 4 a.m. And I just cannot bring myself to do that. Mm -hmm. So what it would look like for me was sometimes I would run on my prep and then sometimes I would run after school with the lacrosse girls. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I was running while my daughter was at soccer practice. So I would drive her to practice. And if practice was from seven to eight, 10, Mm-hmm. We would both get out of the, of the car at the same time and I would just run as far as I could until 8, 10 and be back mm-hmm. to, to drive her home from practice. Uh-huh. Or sometimes, you know, I wasn't really getting out onto the road to run until, you know, 9 p.m. and I'm running in the dark and oh my gosh. I've been up since five in the morning. So it feels like the middle of the night. But it I is just, the middle of the night. <laughs> it is, I know. And, and, and honestly, it was cold and dark to boot. So those were the days that you had to really dig deep to get yourself out the door. That was actually really hard. You know, I had to get it done and I did it. And I'm really proud of that because for me, the hardest part is stepping out the front door. Once I get going, I'm usually pretty good. But for me, it's just like getting out there can be can be tricky and that can be kind of hard. So That's I'm a lot really of mental of energy. Yeah. To do that. Yeah, it is. So you don't get any sleep either, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to get at least six, sometimes seven, but that's, uh-huh. that's like the luxury of summer right now is that like I can sleep for over eight hours and it feels glorious. Uh-huh. I do just feel like I'm always tired in the winter when, you know, the schedule is tight, but you know, it's just, it's just a part of it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it is what it is. So how do you find the energy and, and that motivation to get out the front door? I mean, the Netflix remote, isn't it calling your name at that time instead of putting at the door? <laughs> well, so I don't really watch any TV at all. And I do feel like I miss the boat when everyone's talking about stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I tend to, I used to think that I could only run if I was listening to music, but I actually switched to podcasts mm-hmm. and audiobooks, And that's how I'm able to listen to you, which I love and listen to books um, that I love. And I kind of feel like it's such a cool way to multitask because mm-hmm. I'm getting the miles in and I'm enjoying content that's either entertaining or informative. And the other thing is, you know, I've had a lot of success and I find that that's really exciting. And Mm -hmm. one cool thing is that when I ran Boston, I actually got a PR. So my time in Boston was even faster than what my AC time was, which qualifies me for next year. And I really think it's sort of, um, the camaraderie that you find in running. So I mentioned my colleague, his name is Rob Strauss. And the two of us sort of are the leaders of a half marathon team at the school where we teach. Mm -hmm. And that's getting, that has gotten, I should say, bigger and bigger every year. So in April, we had 10 high school students that ran a half marathon with us. And I'm really proud of that because a lot of these kids, you know, 13.1 miles is far. And if you've never run that distance before, it can be really overwhelming. And these are kids that are showing up with us on Saturday mornings outside of the high school and we're building up our mileage together on Saturdays. And for a lot of them, it's a really emotional day when they cross that finish line for the first time. And knowing that they are kind of watching, so to speak, 
mm-hmm. is motivating and we kind of motivate each other. And I just kind of love um, the relationships and the friendships that have mm. really been a part of running. Like it's, it's very solitary, but at the same time, there's so much community involved. And I find that like knowing that I'm kind of being a role model for them is certainly an incentive to find the motivation to kind of get out the door on those nights that it's cold and dark and you'd rather just kind of lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And how about recovery? I mean, we're doing, you know, two marathons, two half marathons in five weeks after your initial marathon. I mean, when do you fit recovery in and, and what is it that you do? Um, so it's honestly mostly just like a rest day and just trying to take it easy. The other thing is, I've kind of learned to not be so crazy about my training schedule. If I need to kind of move things around and, and, you know, take a rest day when it wasn't necessarily planned and kind of, you know, switch it around. That's something that has been kind of, I think, important to me because, you know, one thing I'm learning is that you just have to listen to your body. And if you just feel too tired to get in the eight mile run, it's going to be fine to kind of push it to a different day or, Sometimes I'll split it up and I might just add like a mile or two to future runs to kind of recuperate that um, distance. I try to keep the long runs intact, but I do find that I'm more flexible with the weekday runs. And I try to give myself a little grace if I just feel too overwhelmed with exhaustion to get out the door. And, And that's really worked out for me so far. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, How's training for a New York City marathon going? It's going really well, actually. I've kind of up increased my mileage to a, a more advanced plan. So I'm a little bit further along than I was in the winter when I was training for Boston. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to just enjoy right now. I kind of joke that the month of August for a teacher feels like one long Sunday night because <laughs> we know like what's coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to just enjoy the freedom of sleeping mm-hmm. and increasing my mileage gradually and and my freedom. But I kind of have this sort of like knowing in my belly that soon it's going to get a little bit trickier with, you know, squeezing it all in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that I'll make it happen, but it's going really well. I'm, I'm pleased so far with how it's going. Yeah, you can see the hill coming and you're just sort of dreading it. it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you're saying the month of August feels like one long Sunday night for teachers. I love that. Mm. Like, that's just genius. <laughs> I mean, it just does like that feeling that you get on Sunday when you know you have to wake up for work on Monday. Like that's how August feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Joyce, we're going to keep our eye on you. Please post yeah. on our Facebook page how you're doing because it just sounds like you have found your groove and it's it's really impressive how you juggle it all. It sounds like you're loving it. Yeah. I yeah. do love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Take care, Joyce. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I'm going to give myself kudos for finding four fabulous guests. Boy, you sure did. They're uh, wonderful. And, and now I just think probably all 185 of those women who filled out that Google form, the Google form I keep talking about, I, I just think... I bet they all have the same amazing stories and Mm -hmm. insight and... I bet they're nodding along. Drive. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So hats off to to educators. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We love you. Yes. We're glad you're doing it. Better you than me. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh There's no way I could do that. Right. (laughs) That and being a nurse. I am so grateful to both of you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Simply Nurse Like a Mother is open for registration. That is our fabulous program led by Ellie Kempton, who is a registered dietitian. It's an innovative eight-week program that serves up fundamental nutrition toolkit, the only one you'll need to spur lasting changes and a permanent transformation. Yes, Dimity wrote this copy. You'll learn to eat for energy, not because of emotions. You'll understand how your body digests different macronutrients and why you should eat food in a specific order. You'll taste how food can be healthy, healing, easy, nourishing, and delightfully flavorful all at once. Our popular eight-week program starts on Monday, August 22. So if you're listening to this first weekend comes out that means this monday so register today head to our website anothermotherrunner.com click on the word training in the top navigation those are the words across the top of our homepage. click on the nutrition programs in the drop down menu again go to anothermotherrunner.com click on training look for the nutrition programs tab and there you will find simply nourish like a mother our podcast today was produced in saint paul minnesota by barry Madore from fire on the bluff many happy miles 